You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the war, 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 Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome in to yet another remarkable edition of the Views from Mint Street podcast, your only necessary Carolina's, uh, Carolina Panthers podcast. Way to start that one off with a bang, Rob. Welcome in. It's great to have you, ladies and gentlemen. I am your ever-so-humble host, Rob Brown. The pleasure is ours. I say ours because, as always, joining me and along for the ride today is my executive producer and co-host, the man that is responsible for our sound being as glorious as it is when it hits your ear holes, Mr. Lonzo Reitzel is along for the ride. And, you know, the, the midweek edition of the pod in season is always going to be kind of interesting because the midweek edition of the pod is obviously the pod where we get a lot of opinions out there that aren't necessarily individually game-based, right? Like in the last pod, we broke down the uh, very heartbreaking L to the Cleveland Browns. And we told you what we thought went right and wrong in that game. This pod, we're going to talk more general overall opinions about the team. We're also going to get into any news and notes that might break between the end of the previous weekend's game. And when we record this pod Tuesday evenings, And obviously it drops on Wednesday mornings, which is when you're listening to this right now, obviously. You get it. You get it. And then on Friday, we obviously talk about the next game upcoming. This time a roadie up to the Meadowlands to take on the New York football Giants. And we'll get into that later on in the week. Before we go any further, do want to remind you that you can join us on social media and find us on Twitter at the Rob Brown Show, at the Rob Brown Show on Twitter. You can also hit us at Lonzo on Word, L-O-N-Z-O-O-N-W-O-R-D, at the Rob Brown Show, or at Lonzo on Word if you want to interact with us on social media live, in real time, and in living color, baby. Let's go ahead and jump right into this thing. Uh, they say that hindsight is twenty twenty. The ability to look back at something and more importantly, the ability to look back at something with a little time between you and that event can kind of clear up the way that you see things. You know, it's it's easy to have had some knee-jerk reactions, not just right after the L, but even the next day when it's still fresh. But now we have a couple of days in the rearview mirror to go back and look at that game, to 
listen to the conference of Matt Rule with the media a couple of days later to break that down to really kind of formulate some more well-thought-out opinions. So, you know, we did our lessons from week one the day after the game, but now, Lonzo, we've got a couple of days in the rearview mirror to look at. We've got a couple of days to cool off the heartbreak, cool off the hot heads, and look at this more analytically, look at it a little more rationally. And I'll start with what really stood out to me the most. And Matt Rule brought this up. It is a foundational problem. Matt Rule said in his press conference, and you watched the whole press conference, and and I want to see if maybe he elaborated more on this in a way that kind of resonated with you, Zoe. Matt Rule said that the Panthers had 17 missed tackles for roughly 190 yards of offense surrendered in yak, in yards after catch or yards after contact. I got to tell you, I heard that number and I was like, eh, I think maybe you're being, maybe you're being a little kind, right? Because the number honestly felt like closer to 22, 23 missed tackles for me. I'm almost wondering if Matt Rule maybe didn't count a couple of missed gang tackles in that number. But that number seemed really low, and I hate, I despise doing an NFL podcast and talking about missed tackles. But in retrospect, though, I don't know that there was a bigger problem for the Panthers in week one than the sheer number of missed tackles and the number of yards surrendered after missed tackles. Of all the things we're going to talk about that I want to see get better, between now and this weekend on the road at New York, that is easily my number one concern. You know, I get that. I do. And as we talked about on the last pod, uh, they were going up against a really good running game. And these are guys that if you try to arm tackle, not going to happen. You're going to, a lot of times you're going to need two to three people to take these guys down because that's how good of runners they are. And I think, again, it comes down to a lot of, how much of the defense played as a unit in practice and were able to all play together because there were guys being held out and get the, you know, game speed's not the same as, as practice speed. It's not the same as going up against guys in joint practices because there's so much to when you're out there playing a game. And I think that the first half was horrible. The second half, they got it together. And you also got to consider a good portion of this defense was there last year and they were ranked high almost the entire year. Uh, but still run defense was their biggest problem in the second half. Wasn't nearly as this is. And you hear this a lot. This is a tell of two halves of football on defense and offense for Carolina. And the second half, they played a whole lot better. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, but even with an improvement, a drastic, a noticeable improvement in play from half number one to half number two, this is the National Football League, right? Like, I I hear every week there's a fan base that goes, oh, we're a second-half team. As the NFL, you can't be a second-half team. Second-half teams lose. That's what happens. Second-half teams lose when they play good teams. It's got to get corrected. And I don't care if everyone 
of the 17 missed tackles, according to Matt Rule. Again, I think there were more. But every one of the 17 missed tackles, even if every one of them was in the first half, and they played a perfect second half, it's too little, it's too late. Now, I'm glad you said what you said about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt because I, I saw this stat earlier and I thought it was interesting. In terms of yards per rush, Nick Chubb was pretty baseline for Nick Chubb. If Nick Chubb had his yards per rush average translated into 2021, it would have been his sixth or seventh best rushing game of the year, right? So it's pretty, pretty average. It was a pretty average performance against an elite level running back. But I can't accept that as an excuse, right? Like that, that is not something that I can just be okay with because especially in that situation, you knew coming in that if you stopped the run, that if you took away Kareem Hunt, if you took away Nick Chubb, you were going to end up putting the game into the hands of Jacoby Brissett. And if you're the Panthers, that's exactly what you wanted. I wanted Jacoby Brissett to have to go win that football game. And if it wasn't for, as we mentioned in the last episode, if it wasn't for a couple of what I genuinely, truly believe were inexcusably blown calls late in that game, Jacoby Brissett had to win the game and he would not have done it. They would have lost that football game. But when you allow a guy like Nick Chubb, a guy like Kareem Hunt to go get 6.6 yards per play, you create a situation where the quarterback across from you doesn't have to win the game. And considering you've got two coming up against New Orleans, you got two coming up against Atlanta. You got a Jameis Winston who finished the first half of the Saints game with negative two passing yards. You got Marcus Mariota who played a good game. I mean, really did play a good game against New Orleans, but the field was open because Mariota was able to scamper. I think he had 56 rushing yards, and a lot of those came in high-pressure throwing situations. I need to know that guys like Winston and Mariota and Daniel Jones this weekend, to be honest, are going to be forced to make plays because they cannot lean on the running back. The fact that Kareem and Chubb were able to do what they did this weekend does not comfort me, though, when you've got a healthy Saquon Barkley lined up and ready to go this Sunday afternoon. Yeah, but I'm going to go fan boy here as a, as a Carolina Panther fan boy and say, yeah, but they only have one running back as opposed to two running backs. Fair. Yeah, tr yeah trouble with two running backs. This is just one guy. One guy coming off an injury. He looked pretty good in week number one. But a lot of the problems that Carolina had in the first half, they were able to fix in the second half. Matt Rule pointed out uh, many times in his 20-minute press conference that they want fourth quarter Carolina Panthers on every facet to play that way every quarter. If they get if if they play the way they did in the fourth quarter, the entire next game, they're gonna be good. Because despite all the deficiencies at tackling, despite all the problems with offense, the referees still cost them the game. I, I mean, you know, the referees cost them the game. They would have won that game. They absolutely would have won the game. So I, I mean, we can dwell on the negative, and you should point out the things that they need to improve. Absolutely. But one thing you can't fix 
is the referee. So you, you got to come out and you got to score enough that the refs can't take the game away from you. We can't get fined for talking about it. <laughs> the coaches can, so they can't say it. Hang on, so, I'm getting so. a I'm getting a text. Um, Rod, Rod Roger Roger Goodall just texted me that we owe them twenty five thousand dollars. Is that right? Is that how? I yeah, uh, uh, Odyssey's got us. We're good. Yeah, true story. It's ra- big time radio money, baby. I uh, listen. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I, 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 and I'm glad you said that the first quarter, fourth quarter, because I think the conversation has been about the offense first versus fourth quarter. And, and, and it should be. And I'm going to come to that in just a minute because there's a number about Baker Mayfield in the fourth quarter that I think should inspire some confidence in Panthers fans. But defensively, you still got to come up with stops, right? You still got to come up with stops. You still got to create a situation where you're not in a dogfight late in the fourth when they're not scoring points because we we the attitude that I have right now and I'm hoping that as this team gels moving forward this will change down the line but the attitude that I have right now about this team is that the offense better go score 32 a game better go score 35 a game because the defense is going to give up 27 and that's not the end of the world in the National Football League there have been a lot of very good teams that have mediocre defenses because they go light up 42 on the board more often than they don't. But yeah, but, I, but Rob, Rob, come on, man. I mean, the stats were down as far as that goes because the offense played so poorly in the first half and the defense spent so much time on the field. We talked about time of possession in the last pod. When you're, when you're out on the field that much, eventually you're going to be lacking. So if the offense picks it up, it's going to take pressure off the defense. I agree. I agree. You're you're exactly right. In fact, uh, in rewatching the game film a third time, if you go back and you go towards the end of the second quarter, and this is a guy I actually want to talk about a little bit today, you go back and look at the end of the second quarter. There's there are multiple spots where Derek Brown, who is supposed to be an absolute stud for this defense, was absolutely gassed. I mean, was absolutely gassed and. I was already disappointed about the performance. Now, let's get the variables out of the way. It was not cool. It was humid. I've got buddies who were at the game who told me that it, it was not the most comfortable football watching, certainly not playing environment that they've ever had in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I get that. But DB and the rest of the gang can't be gassed. And you're right. I put some of that on the offense. When you are running a bunch of three and outs, when uh, when, when when they dominate the first 30 minutes time of possession, like 22 minutes to eight, the defense is going to be gassed. They're going to be worn out. But on the flip side, if the defense gets three and outs, if the defense goes out there and, and, and stops long drives, is able to create punts and turnovers, they can get themselves off the field, right? Like it is not only the offense's fault. 
that the defense was on the field and gassed by halftime. The defense can get themselves off the field too. That's kind of the point of the defense. So, which they did. They did in the, they did in the second half. They absolutely did, especially in the fourth quarter. I agree. I agree. Now, I do want to talk individually about Derek Brown because I have seen this name pop up quite a bit on message boards and streams around the Panthers universe the last couple of weeks. Is it time to talk about Derek Brown? Is it time to, to is it fair to label Derek Brown a letdown at this point? And I'm going to say, Lonzo, that it's early. I'm going to say that I personally am not ready to label him a letdown to say that I am disappointed in and ready to move on from this experiment of a high-level draft pick, but I'm getting very close. I'm getting He was necessary, and the situation we found ourselves in is that the Panthers generated very little pass rush in this game. I mean, it was effectively Brian Burns and nobody else, and that's okay if you have removed the run game from the equation, right? If 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 they are averaging 3.1 yards per carry and you're not getting a a, a pass rush, I'm I I can live with that. I can tolerate that. I can work with that. But when they're averaging up over 6 yards a carry and getting a pass rush, that is a problem. And considering this guy is supposed to be a dominant aspect of the defensive line, that's where I start to have a problem, Lonzo. I, I'm not ready to declare him a bust, but I'm getting very close. Wow. Game one, already ready to, you and a bunch of other people, already ready to declare someone a bust after game one. The jitters went across the entire board for the entire team of the Carolina Panthers, as well as tension because of the whole Baker situation with Cleveland. This coming up week is going to be totally different. You watch. We'll be coming on this podcast Sunday talking about uh, Derek Brown's dominating. Look, I, I mean, that would be amazing because if we talk about Derek Brown dominating, it probably means the Carolina Panthers won the game. And we'll talk more about him probably on Friday.